Hello, everyone. This is your host, John Hagedorn. There's a place in everyone's mind where you can go to take a break from the worries of everyday life and work. It's not always easy to find. Most of us don't have a name for it, but it's there. You might be driving coast to coast solo, or staying up late at night hoping for sleep, and all you want to do is to find a place where you can tune in something interesting and tune out all the clutter that's going on in your mind. Getting into a good story is a good way to find that place. I'm a curator of all types of stories, many of which I narrate for my shows. I'm also a connoisseur of vintage radio shows, mostly from the 50s, before television took hold and took imagination and great script writing out of the picture. I created a place you can go to any time you need a great story, and it's called Roy's Diner. It's up just ahead on the right. On the menu tonight at Roy's Diner, the very best of 50s vintage suspense, thriller, and sci-fi. We're inviting you to stop in for a story or two. The coffee's free. And now, our show. The Signal Oil Program, The Whistler. That whistle is your signal for the Signal Oil Program, The Whistler. And I know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales, hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. Yes, friends, it's time for the Signal Oil program, The Whistler. Rated tops in popularity for a longer period of time than any other West Coast program in radio history. And now, The Whistler's Strange Story. Meeting on 10th Street. On February 25th, the final edition of the Daily Bulletin was a sellout ten minutes after it hit the streets. Across the top of the page, headlines screamed that the district attorney's office had at last won its long fight against the city's organized crime. But the real drama was below, neatly centered on the page, in an article by Stephen North, the Bulletin Star Reporter, an article titled, Retraction. In 25 years in the newspaper game, this reporter has never before been forced to print a retraction. Today, I break that record. Last week, I called a man a weakling and a coward. I vilified him, told him he'd failed me. I said these things not knowing he had already made up his mind to tackle a tremendous task. I said them not knowing that Gerald Wright, an ordinary citizen of this city, intended to challenge gangdom's most vicious killers alone. Now I want to correct the injustice. The story of Gerald Wright is one that every reader of this newspaper, every taxpayer of this city... Yes, the story of Gerald Wright was all there in neat black type worded in the dramatic style of a famous reporter. It was all there, but the truth. Actually, the true story had begun late on a Friday evening more than a week before when a man entered a drugstore on 10th Street. Uh, just the same, Sam. If I 
was a reporter like this guy, North, I'd lay off this Murder Incorporated ring. They're too tough. Would you hear what happened? No. They shot North. Put him in the hospital this afternoon. Couple of slugs in his leg. I tell you, if that guy Excuse doesn't like... Oh, yes, sir. What can I do for you? Uh, a bottle of soda pop, please. Pop? Yes, sir. Right back this way. We got cream, strawberry... The flavor doesn't matter. Huh? I said the flavor doesn't matter. Just anything. I want to take it with me. Oh. Okay. That'll be 15 nickel deposit on a bottle. There you are. Uh, yeah? My doctor has given me uh, some medicine. I'm supposed to take it with water. This will work the same, won't it? Well, sure, but it's the first time well, I Another ever thing, heard... there's a movie house around here somewhere, isn't there? Movie? Yeah, one three blocks down. There's a couple more over on Park Street. Punk pictures, though. Now, if I was you, I'd go downtown. Thanks, just the same, but the picture doesn't matter either. Oh, that's a funny one. Guy comes in here and... Wait a minute. Sam! Yeah? What's the matter? That guy, did you see which way he went? What do you mean? He just went out the door. I... Is something wrong? I don't know. He come in here asking for soda pop. Flavor didn't matter. Said he had some medicine to take with it. Well? I don't like it, Sam. Look out the door and see if you can see which way he went. I got an idea that guy's going to commit suicide. With the prologue of Meeting on 10th Street, the Signal Oil Company is bringing you another strange story by The Whistler. But now, friends, just for a moment, let's suppose this were a quiz show and you were asked what gasoline is known as the go-farther gasoline. What would your answer be? Well, if you've lived out west any length of time, you know that from Canada to Mexico, Signal is known as the go-farther gasoline. Now, naturally, we're mighty proud of Signal's good mileage, but even more so, we're proud of what makes such mileage possible, the extra efficiency today's Signal gasoline gets from your motor. Because when your motor runs more efficiently, you also enjoy quicker starting, faster pickup, and smoother, knock-free power. The things that make driving more fun. That's why folks who want superior performance, as well as those who insist on mileage, are both switching to signal. They've discovered that to get the tops in gasoline quality, there are just two things to remember. One, in gasoline it takes extra quality to go farther. And two, signal is the famous go-farther gasoline. And now back to the whistle. When it was all over, the Daily Bulletin had your whole story in a special article by Stephen North on page one. The whole story, that is, except for a few rather important details. There was nothing about that first Friday night, was there, Gerald? Nothing about the bottle of soda pop, the square box of medicine from your doctor. And most ironic of all, there was only a passing mention of Denise. Beautiful, dark-eyed Denise. The cause of it all. The girl for whom you'd live or die. You were thinking of Denise, of course, as you stood at the box office of the all-night theater, remembering the way you met, the way she laughed, even remembering how sorry she looked when she sent your world toppling with her promise to marry Bob. You were thinking of the nightmare that followed, 
the three days and nights of self-torture that ended with your decision to take your own life. Yes, Gerald, as you settle back into the darkness of the back row of the theater, your decision is made. Denise is lost to you, and there's no point left in living. You hadn't intended to pay any attention to the picture, of course, but as you become aware of the movements of the actors, listen to the words coming from the screen, you find yourself fascinated. Come on in. Where's Ruby? Outside. She heard about it? Yeah, she's all busted up. You know, it's a shame in a way. She loved the guy. Shut up. Okay. Well, tell me, how did it go? Same as all of them. They found him three miles out of town in a ditch. Solid, huh? No slips? Joe Slade don't make no slips. That's why he cost you five grand. Well, I guess that does it. Yeah, that does it. You must love her, well. Putting out five grand like that to get the number one boy out of the way? You think so? That's a good guess. I'm not paying you to guess. Beat it, Mike. Okay, boss. You feel a strange excitement watching the hero, a two-fisted, good-looking young man, carry the story forward. He had a rival, too, Gerald, just like you. But he found another way of solving the problem. You watch the screen, listen more avidly as the story progresses. Ruby. Yes, Alan? I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> oh, Alan, I... I don't know what to do. Suddenly, you're seeing yourself up there on the screen in place of the hero. And the girl becomes Denise. Denise. Yes, Gerald? I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> oh, Gerald, I... I don't know what to do. But these things happen, darling. But these things happen, darling. He just got mixed up in the wrong company. Don't you see, Denise? The police say it was a gangster murder. I I still can't believe it. I'm going to stand by you, darling. Please remember that. Oh, thank heaven, Gerald. Thank heaven for you. You sit there fascinated for the rest of the picture. Seeing yourself as the hero, fighting back, winning Denise in the only way open to you, with a hired murder. And that's when you suddenly recall something else, Gerald. The news item you heard the clerk discussing back at the drugstore. The headline the newsboy was shouting outside the theater as you came in. Uh, excuse me, please. I'm sorry. I, I want to get out. series of articles published by this paper exposing activities of an alleged murder incorporated ring in this city was injured in a shooting fray this afternoon on 18th Avenue. From his bed at St. Michael's Hospital, North asserted it was an attempt on his life by the ring he was exposing. Murder incorporated. Stephen North. I wonder if he really knows who these people are. These men who, who murder for hire. Taxi! Taxi! St. Michael's Hospital. I, I hope you'll forgive me for saying I was a friend of yours, Mr. North. The nurse wouldn't have let... All right. What's on your mind, Mr. Wright? I've been reading your articles, Mr. North. Uh-huh. I think you've done a magnificent thing. And, well, that's, that's what I wanted to tell you. Is that all you want? Yes. 
I, I just think the average citizen simply doesn't believe that there are people who commit murder for money. That's why it's so important these things come out in the open. Why, until I read about what happened to you this afternoon, I couldn't believe it myself. And you just came here to tell me I was doing a good job. That's right. I thought if you knew, people like me were behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, most of us just can't believe it could happen. Why, if anyone told me I could go to someone and pay to have a man killed, why... Uh, it's possible, all right. They got an organization, Mr. Wright. Just like a factory that makes shoes or bottle tops. Only they manufacture murders. Now, come on. Why don't you tell me why you really came here? Well, no, you'll probably think this is ridiculous. Maybe I won't. Go on. Mr. North, I want to help. You want to... I knew you'd think it was crazy, Mr. North. It, it just seemed to me, if these people are as highly organized as you say, that the best way to get evidence against them would be for someone, someone they couldn't suspect, like me, for instance, to go to them and... And buy a murder. Well, yes, that's it. So you're offering to help me. Tell me, right? What's your business? What do you do? I work in a bookstore. The Aegis Bookshop. Yeah, how did you... I know I'd seen you before. I couldn't remember where. Well, you can check on me, Mr. North. That is, if you... If I have any sense. Yeah. Only at this point, I'm wondering what there is to lose. What do you mean? Well, I've been careful up to now. And all it got me was a couple of slugs in the leg. Maybe I do need some help, Mr. Wright. Maybe I ought to just believe what you're telling me and... Look, I want you to understand this. These boys are tough. They'd as soon shoot you as look at you. Oh, I know that. And yet you're offering... Mr. To... North, you see, I haven't anything to lose either. Except your life. I'll take the chance. But you'll just tell me where to go, who to see. Anyone see you come here tonight? No. Good. You don't come back here, understand? If you want to contact me, use the phone. Then you'll let me help you? You're asking for it. I'm giving it to you. Now, here's what you do. Tomorrow, you go into the elite barber shop. I think that's the front. Yeah. The barber in the back chair's name is Ralston. Be sure you get that chair. Say, Tommy Roy sent you. But open up gradually. You know, there's a guy you hate. He's in your way. my saying so, Mr. Wright. This seems kind of silly. I don't understand. I just cut your hair yesterday afternoon. Of course, I can use the business. Oh, but... I know it looks funny. I... I just wanted to talk to you some more. Talk? About what? That... That fellow I told you about yesterday. The... the guy that's been bothering you? Yes. Why are you telling me? Thought you might be able to, to do something about it. So a fellow's been getting in your hair, so you naturally figure the place to come to is a barber shop, huh? It's not that at all. Well, then forget it. Uh, yeah. Tommy Roy sent me here. Roy said out of town. Talked to him before he left. That's so? Look, if you want to check on I him. did. After you left yesterday. Your name is Gerald Wright. 1270 Atlantic Place. You work at the Jesus Bookstore. The Curtis Bookshop in St. Louis before that. Came here in 43. How'd you know all that? I just said I checked you. 
Well, are you satisfied? Maybe. There's a pawn shop, Mr. Wright. 28 Waldorf Street. Other side of town. Why don't you drop in there one of these days? Yeah. The fellow that runs it specializes in antique guns. Tell him you're a collector. Yeah. That you're after a rare one. A dueling pistol called the Bronco Luigi. Remember that. The Bronco Luigi. You know what you mean. I think maybe he can give you just what you want. A Bronco Luigi dueling pistol, you say? No. No, I don't believe we can help you. Oh, well... Well, just forget about it, then. A, a, a friend told me to try this place. He, he's... Never mind. I'm uh, just be going. a minute. Yes? This friend. What was his name? His name? I don't know. He, he runs a barber shop. But really, it's... Look, a... uh, it's all right. That is, you can at least leave an order for a Branca Luigi. I can? But they come high, you know. How high? $1,000 down. That is, with your order. Another 1000 on delivery. And when could you deliver? That's a date we never give out, my friend. So many uncertainties. Uh, who gets the package? I'll let you know later. Shall I bring the money here? Well, that won't be necessary. This is an outside transaction, not entered on my books. Just mail the money to Post Office Box 228. Box 228. I'm going across town to see a friend... I'll stop at the bank on the way. Very good. And I'm sure you'll be satisfied with our, uh, services. I hope you don't mind my dropping in like this, Denise. Certainly not, Gerald. A good friend is always welcome. Friend? Please, Denise. Won't you reconsider now before I... Before you what? Denise? Denise, you know I'd do anything to make you happy. Oh, Gerald, we've been all through that. I've told you I'm in love with Bob. Now, don't spoil what's left. Well, you don't know what you're doing, Denise. Oh, I'm sorry. Really, Gerald. But Bob's arriving in town Wednesday. We'll be married next weekend. I see. Oh, I almost forgot. Could I use the phone? Mm, of course. You know where it is, front hall. Sorry, Denise. Two, four, nine, six. Hello. I have much time. This is the customer who asked about the Bronco Luigi pistol. Go ahead. I'm sending the money. The name of the man who's to receive the order. Is Sinclair. Bob Sinclair. He'll be in town Wednesday visiting a Miss Denise Evans. That's 119 Allison Street. How do we know the guy? What about a picture? A picture? I haven't got... Wait. What about a picture of the girl? He'll be with her. 
Denise? Yes, Gerald. Oh, forget something? No, I, I was just wondering if it isn't asking too much, Denise. Could I have your picture? My picture? Oh, why, certainly, Gerald. I'd like you to have it. I'll get one for you right away. Thank you. Having it will make such a difference. Twenty minutes later, you drop the picture and the money into a mailbox and hurry on to the hospital to see Stephen North. You aren't prepared for his burst of anger when you tell him you're quitting. What do you mean you can't go through with it? Was that just a song and dance you gave me about wanting to help? Oh, I'm, I'm afraid my enthusiasm sort of carried enthusiasm. me Enthusiasm. You're like all the rest. Cowards. Nine out of ten in this town are just like you. I know you. how you feel, Mr. North, but I... Never can't... mind the words. Oh, I know what happened. You tried it. It got too tough. You got scared. No, that isn't it at all. Well, what is it then? I, I, I don't think you'd understand. Yeah, I think I do. Run along, right? You're not the first volunteer assistant to check out on me. From now on, I carry the ball alone. I'm sorry, Mr. North. So am I. And don't worry about being yellow. You've got plenty of company. The line forms on the right. And it's a long one. Good night, right? Good night. You're relieved as you leave the hospital, aren't you, Gerald? And certain that Stephen North will forget all about you. The waiting for Bob's accident isn't pleasant, but there isn't much that can be done about it. And then one evening, the telephone in your apartment rings. Yes? Gerald? Oh, oh thank heaven you're home. Denise, what is it? What's the matter? It's... it's Bob. He, he's dead, Gerald. He was shot. Bob shot? Oh, Gerald. Now, please, dear, get hold of yourself. I'll grab a cab and get right over. No. What do you think you'd better, dear? I'm, I'm all right. I'll be there in ten minutes. All right, dear. And Denise? Yes? I I know there isn't much I can do at a time like this. But you know I'll always be around, wanting to help you. Yes. Thank you, Gerald. Thank you. Whistler will return in just a moment with the strange ending to tonight's story. Meantime, an important question for drivers. Are you missing anything? Well, you're missing something very important if you haven't gotten that free checkup of your fan belt and radiator hose, which signal dealers are now offering. Perhaps you didn't even know that these items need periodic checking, because most service station operators never mention them. But then, signal dealers aren't like most operators. You see, each signal dealer owns his own business and has a personal interest in keeping both you and your car happy. He realizes that fan belts and radiator hoses being made of rubber can either wear out or deteriorate from age and possibly cause serious trouble, which explains why almost 2,000 signal dealers throughout the Pacific Coast states are now offering this valuable service without cost or obligation. Moreover, if your fan belt or radiator hose has worn to the danger point, signal dealers can, in most cases, replace them while you wait. So for safer driving and your own peace of mind, plan now to stop at your neighborhood signal service station for this free checkup. There's no better way to see for yourself the more thorough, more conscientious service cars get at signal service stations. 
And now, back to the whistler. Well, Gerald, now you know what Stephen North has been writing about. The incredible efficiency of the ring of hired killers known as Murder Incorporated. Bob Sinclair is dead. And as Denise stops by your apartment to pick you up, you know that in time she'll be yours again. And then as she drives away toward the edge of town, you remember the envelope with the other thousand dollars in it, addressed to Box 228, the final payment for murder. Denise? Yes? Would you mind stopping at the next letter box? I have to get this off. Oh, of course. Well, here's one right in the corner. Just take a second. turning down here. Wait a minute. I thought so. Hmm? What's the matter? That, that car in back of us. It's made every turn we have. That's why I just swung onto 10th Street to check. Oh, you're imagining things, Denise. I don't like to keep repeating it, but you just can't let this upset you so much. Yes, I know. You're right. But I... I just can't get it out of my mind. It was so crazy, so unnecessary. Bob knew about guns. He's hunted all his life. Hunted? What do you mean? Oh, to sit there in his own house in Hartford, cleaning his Hartford? rifle and... You didn't tell me... Oh, he, he was going to do some hunting on our honeymoon trip. Oh, it's the usual story. The unloaded gun. His sister was in the next room, heard the shot. Denise... Well, Gerald, what's... Denise, turn off. Drive back toward town. What? That car in back, it is following us. They think I'm Bob. Bob? Why? Oh, please, Denise, don't ask any questions. Just do as I say. Well, what do you mean they think you're Bob? What, what difference... There isn't time, Denise. Hurry. It, it, it's a fix and it's still on. They'll kill me. A fix? They'll kill you? What are you talking about, I tell you, there about, isn't time. I, I, I couldn't stand to lose you. I paid them. I paid them to do it. Paid who? They think I'm Bob. They'll kill me now. That's why they're following us. Gerald, you... you... No, don't slow down. Well, they're catching up, Denise. Denise, please. You, you were going to have Bob killed. That's it, isn't it, Gerald? Yes. Yes, anything. Only don't stop here. Please. Please speed up. Denise. It's all right, Gerald. Oh, Denise. Denise, please, don't. You wanted to take his place, didn't you, Gerald? Well, you can. Oh, Denise. Denise, they're coming. Yes, Gerald. Well, I won't let them kill me. Let me out. I've got to get away. I... No, don't. I'm the wrong man. I'm the... Yes, there were two stories of Gerald Wright in the meeting on 10th Street. The real one that Gerald himself could never tell. And the other one that appeared on the front page of the Daily Bulletin under the byline of Stephen North. And so it was through the self-sacrifice of Gerald Wright that the police were finally able to bring the entire Murder Incorporated ring into custody. What prompted this courageous man to step out of the role of ordinary citizen and undertake the hazardous task that cost him his life, we will probably never know. 
But one thing is certain. The people of this city will always revere the memory of Gerald Wright, hero. Whistle be your signal for the Signal Oil program, The Whistler, each Wednesday night at the same time. Brought to you by the Signal Oil Company, marketers of Signal gasoline and motor oil and fine quality automotive accessories. Signal has asked me to remind you, to get the most driving pleasure, drive at sensible speeds, be courteous, and obey traffic regulations. It may save a life, possibly your own. Featured in tonight's story were Elliot Lewis and Kay Brinker. The Whistler was produced by George W. Allen with story by Joel Malone and Harold Swanton and music by Wilbur Hatch and was transmitted to our troops overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. Next Wednesday, for a full hour of mystery over most of these stations, tune in a half hour earlier. Enjoy The Saint as well as The Whistler. This is Marvin Miller speaking. This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week. The Columbia Broadcasting System. Playhouse. Suggest we come up. Been submerged for two hours. How do you feel? My blood's a frozen mass. But we can't go up. If we do, the men trapped in the sub will be dead by tomorrow. Two brave men scoff at the perilous mission. And the sea, in turn, rewards one of them by revealing an amazing secret. Author's Playhouse presents... H. Bernard Dixon's gripping story of heroism below the sea. Two of a kind. Hello. Hello, Ward Moran. Yeah, Moran speaking. This is Admiral Ross Daly. You're the diver and salvage engineer? Yes, sir. This is a confidential matter, Moran. The submarine of the old S-type was sunk in a collision a few hours ago just off the Olympic Peninsula. She lies in about 24 fathoms. We have the equipment for you. 
The Navy plane will pick you up at the Alameda Terminal within the hour. Now, wait a minute. What's the matter with your Navy divers? Why pick on a civilian? Most of them are down in the South Seas. With even a properly equipped trawler here. You'll have to work from a destroyer. Well, I don't know. I'm pretty tired. Just came off a job. Minesweeper wreck. Listen, Moran, I haven't time to persuade you. You have an excellent reputation. Perhaps you can save the men. Men? What men? Four men are trapped in the forward compartment. Still alive. That's different. We're wasting time. Have everything ready and see if you can dig up a couple of experienced helpers. I'll take care of everything. By the way, there's a man in your city living at the Beauchamp Hotel. Named John Wilson. Bring him along with you. He's an experienced diver and has a thorough knowledge of the S-type subs. I could use a man like that. So can we. See you in the morning. All right, sir. Goodbye. I have to work fast. Hello. Get me a cab and hold him there. Try to get Charlie. He's a fast driver. I'll be down in ten minutes. Okay, Mr. Moran, here's the Beauchamp Hotel. Ten minutes flat, very good time. Wait for me, and don't follow any blonde. Uh, y- yes, sir. You, John Wilson? Yeah, John Wilson. Got a job for you. I don't want a job. Go away. Leave me alone. Sorry, brother, but the Navy says I'm to deliver you to Alameda Airport. And for my money, that's an order. Come on. Out of that bed and into a shower. Uh, Come away. Come on. I said out of the bed. You want to fight? Later I'll fight with you. Right now you're going under this shower. Come on. Over here now. Come on. In there. Come on. You're getting my clothes. It's cold. No time to take you out of the Wilson. We got work to do. Mind telling me what this is all about? Sorry I had to be rough with you back in the hotel. But you were in no condition to be reasoned with. I had to get you in. Yeah, I gathered that. But why? Navy orders. For to help save some men trapped in a sunken submarine. I'm Ward Moran. I've heard of you. You've done some great diving. It's a sunken pig boat off the Olympic Peninsula. S-type. Four men trapped alive in a forward compartment. I wonder why. Thompson lungs should get them out. Even out of the old S-boats. I don't know enough about submarines to answer that one. But the Admiral seems to think you do. Admiral who? Staley. It couldn't be Staley. Pretty sure that's what it was. <laughs> that's right. Mister, you don't know how right it is. You know, it's odd I haven't heard of you before, Wilson. Salvage work is my business. I thought I knew all the good divers. I've been on the beach. Anyway, I was never a civilian diver. Maybe? Yeah. Even then, I wasn't known as a diver. I was more of a sideline. Hmm. Been down very deep? Plenty. You don't have to worry about me. What's a former Navy man doing on the beach these days? That's my business. You concentrate on those guys breathing their guts out in that wreck sub. Get ready for landing. That's Seattle below. Over there to the left, the destroyer that'll take you out to the scene of the wreck. Motorcycle escort is waiting at the field. They'll have you at the dock in ten minutes. Hold fast. John Wilson? At your service, Lieutenant. Admiral Staley's waiting for you aboard ship. Follow me, please. Hmm. A long time since I've been on one of these tin cans. Is that right? Hmm. 
Admiral Staley? The two divers, sir. Good morning, Mr. Moran. Good morning, sir. Mr. Wilson, good to have you aboard. Can't say I feel good being here. Then why did you come? I was told there are four men alive. They're important. In or out of the Navy. Yes, of course. Mr. Allen, you have orders to get underway. Yes, sir. The sub was rammed yesterday afternoon a short distance from Port Angeles. We don't know exactly how it happened, except that it must have been running submerged coming into Puget Sound. A Coast Guard cutter sliced across it just forward of the conning tower. The sub went down immediately. Did you get anyone out? Six men out of the rear compartments using mumps and lungs, but they couldn't throw any light on the accidents. None of them had been in the control room for some time preceding the collision. There's still four men forward. Alive for the time being. Oh, how do you know? The destroyer standing by over the sub and has been in touch with the trapped men through its sonic apparatus. One of the four is Lieutenant Commander Bell, the sub skipper. I can't understand why the skipper should have been forward. Seems to be the same old trouble. You didn't understand before, either. We've got to get those men out. Naturally. And, of course, our first thought is for them. But there's another matter of great importance. The sub was carrying confidential papers fleet. Those papers are needed in Washington. They must be retrieved. Wilson, you'd probably know where to find them. You, uh, you're well acquainted with the interior of the S-type. Look, I'll help free the men. I know what they're up against. But don't expect me to help with anything else. You're not in the Navy. I can't order you, but I'd hoped. I'd stop hoping, sir. I'd leave you and Moran to go over the charts. There's coffee and sandwiches on the table. If you want anything, just let me know. Thank you, sir. Moran, here. Look at this chart. That's where the sub went down. She's in about 144 feet of water. That's about as deep as a diver can go and expect to get results. Pressure should be about 60 tons. You see where she's lying? The very edge of an underwater reef. If she slips off that, she'll be in at least 35 fathoms. Too deep for any... Well, I'm going aft to look at the diving equipment. Coming? Oh, I think I'll stay here. You'll find Lieutenant Allen just outside the door. He plays nursemaid to the Admiral. He'll show you around. Okay, thanks. Oh, Lieutenant Allen. Yes, sir. I'd like to see the diving equipment. Follow me, but watch your step. It's freezing over. It's getting pretty rough. I doubt if we're going to be able to do any diving in this blow. Yeah, but those men... And we'll do our best. And by the way, how long has Wilson been out of the Navy? Oh, about two years. Maybe a little more. I suppose he was in the submarine service. Well, I thought he was working with you. Well, he is, but I just met him last night. Oh, I see. Wilson is one of the best skippers in the submarine fleet. Admiral Staley was then in command of that fleet. Now he's stationed in this area. What happened? Well, I don't know the whole story, only part of it. Wilson was in command of the submarine turn out of Boston. Was rammed by an army transport somewhere along the main coast. Went down with all the hands. Some miracle, Wilson escaped. He was the only one. And? Ordinarily, there would have been the usual inquiry. But Staley ordered a court-martial. Wilson was found guilty of negligence and discharged. Mm. Dishonorable? No, there was some doubt as to exactly what had happened. He was simply discharged as unfit. That's all I know. Well, too bad. Well, here come Wilson and Admiral Staley. Let's go over the diving equipment and agree on the signals to be used. All right, sir. Everything ready, Mr. Allen? Yes, sir, everything. Are they still receiving messages from the trapped men, Admiral? Yes, they're still alive, but the air in the forward compartment's fouled and getting worse. They're in a bad way. I hope we can make it, sir. It's one of the worst gales I've seen. Well, Wilson, what do you think? It's your life, too. What's the difference where you get it? Okay, suits me, too. Let's get ready. 
There are four suits of heavy woolen underwear for each of you. Got enough socks, Lieutenant? As many pairs as you can get on your feet. I've checked the diving suits and gloves. There are 80-pound lead belts and 30-pound lead shoes. And the two-way telephone equipment is the best in the Navy. We're gonna need it. Okay, let's get into these monkey suits. Wilson? Redding. You know, there's no decompression tank on board, just in case. Yeah, I know. Take it plenty easy ascending. We get the bends out here. There's no tank to save us. I know. Shall we get down together? You're the boss. We'd better. And stay at my side. Don't lose sight of me at any time. Right. Okay. Hold the helmets. Testing telephone. Okay. Clear. Standing by to lower away. Right. Can you hear me, Wilson? Yeah. Fine. On deck. Make the first drop at least 20 feet. It will be smashed against the side of the boat. 20 feet it is, sir. All ready? All ready. You ready, Wilson? Yep. Rick. Lower away. Lower away it is, sir. Pressure building up in helmet. Valving air. Getting cold. Steady this stage, he'll shake us off. Compensate for the ground swells. Steady it is, sir. Descending rapidly. Fifteen feet. Eighteen. Twenty feet. Drop for another twenty feet. Leave the stage at that level. We'll step off from there. Take it easy. Try to hold it steady. Okay, hold. Holding. Steady now. Reach for the line leading to the sub, Wilson. Right. I'm starting down. You follow. Pressure very great. Cold intense. Pretty dark. On deck, ease the lines. Sub right below me. Take it easy. Easy it is, sir. We're down. Wilson, have you any idea where we are? I think we're after the conning tower. We'll have to make our way forward. Okay. Follow me. Be careful you don't step into that gash in the hull. Top side? Top side. Gash starts at conning tower. Goes all the way forward. Slice the hull open like cheese. Superstructure, peel back. Hey, Wilson, be careful of the jacket edges. If we rip our suits, the pressure will smash us like jelly. Take your time. Find a single man inside. R. Okay. They're answering. Okay. Air. Bad. Escape. Hatch. Jam. Wilson. Yeah, Ward? Looks pretty hopeless. Yeah, I heard. They've got to try anyway. Have to cut superstructure away with an underwater torch. Topside. Topside. Send an air hose and a cutting torch down. Air hose and cutting torch coming down. Admiral says you can't stay down more than an hour. It'll probably kill you. Tell the Admiral we like it down here fine. 
Admiral, sir. Slow the chatter. Send down that air hose and cutting torch. They're on their way. Watch for them. I'll grab them, Moran. You see if the air connection on the sub is damaged. No. I looked at it before. It's clear, thank the Lord. Here comes the torch and the air hose. I'll take the hose and attach it. You follow with the cutting torch. Air hose attached. Men wrapping message. Men. Almost. Frozen. Hurry. Here's the torch, Moran. We'll take turns at it. Keep your fingers crossed. Meantime, you better exercise. You'll freeze stiff. Look, the flame's cutting into the steel. Eighth wonder of the world. Sparks at the bottom of the ocean. Topside. Topside. Cutting steel with torch. This will take about an hour. Stand by. Suggest we come up. Been down two hours. How do you feel? My blood's a frozen mass, but we can't go up. If we do, those men die. Topside. We're staying. Can't dive twice in the same day. Men will be dead by tomorrow if we don't get them out now. How are you coming? Almost through superstructure. We're through. Topside, we're through. Now, if we can push it away from the hatch, we're all set. Come on, Wilson. Heave. Okay. Come on. She's clear. Wilson wrapping up message. Hatch clear. Blood compartment. Come out in Momsen lungs. I hope they remember Navy instructions, Ward. Do not hold breath. Fatal. Breathe naturally. Rise to surface slowly. Outside. They're opening hatch. Here comes one. He's excited. Waving his arms, the fool. Wilson's grabbing him. Holding him to calm down. Okay, he's let him go. If that fool had held his breath for a second, he'd be dead when you fished him out. Tell that kid he owes his life to Wilson. Two more out of the sub. On their way up. Here comes the skipper. That's the four of them. Making way to lead line. Watch for signals. Can hardly walk. Legs and arms almost paralyzed. Take us up 20 feet at a time. And wait a half hour each time. When you're in the stage, exercise hard and get to a and all out of your blood. Thanks. Never knew a diver should do that. Have plenty of coffee ready. I've got hot water bottles in your bed. Waiting for we're going to need massaging for two or three hours. We're all ready for you. Got any rum in that medicine cabinet?
Wilson. Good morning, sir. Did you rest well? The men did a fine job yesterday. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Wilson, would you mind explaining once more how you lost the turn? Thought we went over that two years ago. I'd like to hear it again, if you don't mind. Okay. They're running at periscope depth off the coast of Maine. The weather was bad. I saw the army transport a few miles off, crossing our course. I started planing for the surface, but at that moment we struck something and smashed the periscopes. We were blind then, so I ordered the course changed, but evidently the transport changed course as well. So we planed for the surface, smack under it, and collided. The sub broke in two. I found myself on the surface. I was the only survivor. Yes, that's the way you told it before. But the coincidence of damaging your periscopes at that instant... It's almost too great to believe. And you didn't believe it. You recommended court-martial. In view of the facts, then at my disposal, was the only way open to me. Yeah. The Navy way. Wilson, would you dive again for those papers on the sub? <laughs> Not on your life. The sub shifted during the night. The grappling line went out another three or four fathoms. I'd ask Moran to make a dive, but he's not familiar with the sub. And with the added four fathoms of water to contend if with... If I refuse, you'll put it up to Moran and I'd have no choice. So I'll get your lousy papers. If they weren't important, you can be sure I wouldn't ask the favor of you. Even for the Navy. All right, all right. Where are they? The papers are locked in a small steel trunk in the radio operator's cabin. I know where it is. I'm ready to go down at noon. And now, if you don't mind, I'll get some more sleep. Wilson, can you hear me over the phones? Yeah, Moran. Good luck, Wilson. I'll be standing by. Okay, thanks. Okay, on stage. Lower away. Lower away it is, sir. Take him down 20 feet and wait for his signal. Hold it steady. Steady it is, sir. Okay, topside. Lower another 20 feet. That's it. Take it easy. Pressure increasing. Getting much cooler. I can use another dozen pair of socks and gloves. Twenty feet it is. Okay, hold it there. Stepping off here. Hold her even. Going down the line. Might be sliding down the fire pole when I was a kid. Only it's colder. Okay, on the sub. I'm afraid he went down too fast. She's on a 30-degree angle over the edge of the cliff. Good push and she'll go over. Entering radio compartment. A yeah, mess in here. Sighted trunk. Picked up safe. Hey, ask the admiral if he's got lead in this box. Heavy, commodity lift. Okay, take up slack in the grappling line. Guide me out. He's got the trunk of the grappling line fastened to it. Winch it in slowly, but don't put too much load on it. Wilson has to guide it through the passage to the gash in the hull. Yes, sir. Easing in slack gently. Okay. She's clear. Pull her up. Pull her up it is. Winching in. Full power. Here she comes, Admiral. Here's your trunk. I'm mighty glad to get that trunk. Fine work. Hey, Moran. Telephone. No response from Wilson. Only a pounding vibration. All right. Here. Come here. Give me that phone. Wilson. Wilson. Answer, are you in trouble? Answer, please. 
You can't talk. Tug on your line. Signal in some way. Something's wrong. I'm going down. Get that diving suit ready. as usual. 20 feet and then wait a few minutes. Another 20 feet and I'll step off. Okay, lower away. Lower away it is, sir. Hold it steady. Steady. First 20 feet. Okay, I won't wait. I'm stepping off. Grabbing Wilson's line. Sliding down. Watch my air pressure. I'm going down fast. Wilson's lines go inside sub. Going in. He's nowhere in sight. Oh, the lines run out to sea again. I'm following. Stay. Have another diver ready in case we need help. Yes, sir. Standing by. Outside sub. Wilson's lines disappear overhead. Oh, I think I know what's happened. There, there he is, about ten feet above the sub, spread eagle in the water. Just reached him. Bleeding off the pressure to the exhaust port in his helmet. Is he okay, sir? He's almost unconscious. What happened to him? When Wilson left the sub, he didn't know his lines were fouled. Got too much air. Ballooned out his suit so that he couldn't bend his arms. In another few minutes, his body would have been smashed to a pulp and jammed up in his helmet. What's the matter, sir? I'm talking to keep from bawling. It's a terrible thing to see a man's eyes blinded with creeping death. But he's coming out of it now. He just managed a weak smile. Pressure's lessening. We're descending slowly back toward the submarine. Wilson's able to bend his arms now. He'll be able to stand in a second. Okay, topside. He's on his feet. He'll be able to hold onto the conning tower while I free the foul lines in the sub. We'll come in slowly. A lot of decompressing to do on the way. Don't look for us for about three hours. Stand by with help for Wilson when we reach the surface. Order's received, sir. Entire crew giving you more the cheer. Good luck. And get that bottle of rum out of the medicine cabinet. Yes, sir. We'll have everything ready for you, sir. Well, a lot's happened in the last few days, huh, Moran? Sure did, fellow. Nice hospital. Good treatment. The, uh... Nurse tells me we're going to have company in a few minutes. Yeah? Who? Oh, Lieutenant Allen, the skipper of the sunken sub, and... Oh, well, look for yourself. Here they come. Uh, Staley. Ah, he's a great old guy. Not half as gruff and unfriendly as he looks. Uh, good evening, Moran. Good evening, Mr. Wilson. Good yeah. evening. You're both pretty well banged up, so I won't waste any of your time. Moran, you have the unending thanks and gratitude of the Navy. You did an exceptionally fine job. Thank you, sir. And Wilson... It was a tremendous thing you did, going down after those papers, especially in view of your last connection with the Navy. Ah, stow it. The sub you were working on for me was sunk in almost the identical manner you testified your ship was lost. Lieutenant Commander Bell was entering the harbor at periscope depth to escape the wave action of the storm. Flotsam of some sort fouled his periscopes. He was traveling blind when the collision occurred. The crash propelled him forward and saved his life. You stated your periscopes were damaged and that you were thrown clear. Odd coincidence, 
isn't it? Very odd. But anything can happen in the Navy. I have a telegram here. I'd like to read it in part. The most important part. Reinstatement granted. You know what that means? Yes. But I don't understand it. Commander John Wilson, the day you are discharged from this hospital, report aboard my ship for duty. Yes, sir. Anything can happen in the Navy. H. Werner Dixon's story, Two of a Kind, adapted for Author's Playhouse by Margaret Hollywell and directed by Mr. Harry Bubeck. This is your host, John Hagedorn. Thank you for joining us at 1001 Stories from Roy's Diner. If you enjoy our show, please do send us a review, especially you Apple listeners. And tell a friend. We'll be back soon. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.